You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's right. We're taking you inside the tent right now. Get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. We're proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment and bring in Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery, Dr. Narav Pandya. Doc, talk to me about uh, how long after uh, surgery does it take a dog to be able to run <laughs> at a dog park? What's, uh, what's, what's the time like there? You know, I'm gonna stay in my lane with that one. All right, all right, that's so fine. Good. Fine, okay, fine. Let's talk about let's talk about GP two then. Okay. If yeah. this is boring, but anyway, yeah, core like you know, rotten to the core. I guess like what what is what's the read on on this GP two injury and and if you think he can contribute this year? Yeah, no, I I think it's it's gonna be a little bit tough. You know, I think anytime an athlete has had multiple of these kind of core muscle injuries, which sounds like GP2 has had, um, and you go beyond what's quote-unquote the normal timeline, you do you begin to worry a little bit. You know, like in general, if you look at NBA athletes who've had this injury, you're looking at like four to five months recovery, and the fact that he still has pain is concerning. But based on what they're saying, that this could be an adductor issue, I think that was the initial report that came out. We do commonly see adductor issues after core muscle surgery, so it's kind of in line what we typically see. Um, and the fact that he's going to have a month or so to rehab. So I think the Warriors wouldn't have brought him on unless they felt that he was going to be able to contribute, even given his history. So could it be around playoff time? Potentially could it be a little bit earlier. But the good news is these are never career-threatening injuries. This is just something he has to address so he can be effective come, hopefully, end of the season playoff time. Yeah, and playoff time, hopefully there is a playoff time. And part of that is dependent on Steph Curry and his return to play. Knowing what we don't know about the ligaments that he injured, is that partly why we don't have a concrete return to play schedule for Steph Curry? Yeah, absolutely. There's really nothing out there in terms of, you know, these type of injuries where you have, like, just kind of, like, more of a, of a kind of a sprain type issue. Um if you look at some kind of reports that are out there, some people say it takes about three weeks for these to heal and then another three weeks to kind of get your strength back. So maybe a six-week time frame, but there's no template. I mean, we know when an ACL, we know when an Achilles is. So I think in general for fans to kind of realize that a lot of it is about, number one, he has to get his pain better, and number two, then it's the ability to do stuff on the court. This isn't a thing that's going to typically cause instability, like his tibia and fibula aren't going to like come out of place. But it's all about pain control, and, and this is an area that can sometimes take a little bit longer to get better, and it's his knees. So I think that given all those factors, um, it's hard to say. It's really about how he's responding, and when you're just waiting to see how an athlete responds, it's time to put a time, hard to put a timetable on it. Okay, so Doc, that, that sort of fuzzy timetable that we're all dealing with, um, is there even a back end where you're just kind of like, okay, worst case scenario? I mean, there's a, or is there a scenario where we don't see Steph again this year? Yeah, I mean, that would obviously be the worry. I think when you get to more than six weeks, that's typically when most ligament issues like this are, are going to heal up. So if you start getting to week six or week seven, and he's still having discomfort, that's when we start worrying about what's the you know what's potentially else going on. Is there's this more severe does need to be shut down? So I think six weeks would be that time frame at which we would get worried. Hopefully, as we see him progressing and he seems to be walking a little bit more comfortably, doing more stuff, that would be a positive sign. We hit week six, and I'd start getting worried. Yeah, and that's, uh, man, week six would get us into probably mid-March, and then you'd have to really worry, and especially determined by where the Warriors are in terms of a playoff push at that point. Clay Thompson played a back-to-back, which was pretty exciting. Does this mean that he's now cleared to play more back-to-backs, or is this just a case that heading into the All-Star break, it was a good calculated risk for them to take? 
I think it's a combination of both. I think, you know, the risk of him playing it, even if they were going to the All-Star break or not, I think the risk of having something happen on that second night, they clearly weighed and they wanted him to play. And I think the going into the All-Star break does give them a little bit more leeway in terms of seeing how his body responds. Um, I think the fact that they're actually considering it means he'll probably see more back-to-backs as long as he did well as the season goes on. And I think the one thing that's gotten lost with everything else that's going on with Curry and GP2 is, how consistent and amazing Clay has been over the past month, month and a half in terms of both his recovery and how he's playing. We waited for a long period of time for people to ask, will he return to his form? Will he be able to play back-to-backs? And honestly, the way he's performing is far above and beyond anyone who's come back from an Achilles, even Durant, even Dominique Wilkins, and he's thrown an ACL. So I think it's important for people to recognize just how phenomenal what he's doing is in the context of his injuries um, over the past several years. Uh, Doc, Brock Purdy's uh, surgery is scheduled for a week from today. Uh, It continues to be that all indications that this is going to be repair, not reconstruction. But how does it work when they get in there? Is there any chance that that changes on the fly? Absolutely. You know, I think that MRIs will give us a good sense of what we're going to do 80, 85 percent of the time. Um, But once you open up the elbow and you're looking at that ligament, you're feeling the quality of it. You're seeing if there's tearing you can't see in the MRI. Absolutely, most surgeons are going to be ready to prepare it and change. So hopefully, this is a ligament tear that just kind of came right off the bone or it's torn in an area where there's really good quality tissue and you do the repair um, with this kind of, with this internal brace as well too that people talk about. Um, And he's back in six months. But if you go in there and that ligament doesn't look good, the worst thing you can do is say, look, we're going to do this repair and then it fails in three months. So absolutely, the surgeon will be prepared to do whatever's necessary to give him a solid arm. So absolutely, there could be a possibility that you know, he gets a surgery done. There's a report from the 49ers that he had the bigger one, and it's been nine months. But most of the time, we can get a good sense from the MRI uh, what, what's going to be, but you can't 100% know until you're in there. Medically, what would be better? Would it be better for the ligament to be partially torn off the bone or torn slightly in the middle of the ligament itself? Probably better to be torn off the bone because you've got less, the ligament basically heals better to bone. Uh, in terms of general kind of like biology. If it tears in the middle, it's really hard for that tissue to kind of come together. And also, even though you're looking right at the tear, everything around it is just degenerated. So usually when it pulls off bone, you have a good quality ligament that just needs to be reattached. When it tears in the middle, then you're just dealing with bad tissue, and that's where you're going down the route of, look, we need to do a reconstruction, which is a longer longer recovery. Doc, great stuff. Uh, if you know any dog orthos, let <laughs> me know. <laughs> I'll see what I'll do. I'll send some feelers out on right, uh, Twitter. We'll Appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks, it. Doc. All right. Great stuff. We'll talk <laughs> to you next week, Doc. Okay. Sounds good. All right. There he goes. Dr. Narav Pandya, and the proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.